And again, we are talking about the European Universities Initiative, a new EU funding program for university networks, experimental models of collaboration across borders. This is the ESNA Higher Education and Science Policy Podcast. My name is Tino Brömme. Welcome to edition number 12. After our conversation with Olga Wessels from the university network ECIU, Today we have François Tadei in Paris on the line. Monsieur Tadei, you are an educator, a teacher. You have co-founded a research and learning center in Paris called CRI, which holds a UNESCO chair for learning science. You were also a counselor for one of the new European university networks. So, what is this European University Initiative about? Universities are being challenged We used to have a sort of a monopoly on places of both construction of knowledge and sharing of knowledge. But today, there is many other places where you can do either of those two things. So the specificity of what a university is and what it should be is uh, challenged. And I think the European University Initiative is one that is inviting universities to rethink their mission and you know, what role they can play for society, uh, what uh, added value they can offer to their students and to the researchers and to the society in general. Is this initiative a continuation of the Bologna process? Another push for more academic mobility? It's certainly part of it, but the same uh, package includes also uh, more money for Erasmus, which is definitely for increased mobility. And so I think that that would not be enough. If the only aim was to increase mobility, there could have been other ways of doing it. And this European universities, you know, is it more than universities based in Europe initiatives, which, you know, is it just trying to, you know, get a few more ranks into the Shanghai ranking or any of the other international ranking? Or is there something more substantial? There's been quite a lot of debate, but I think that what it could be is uh, the will to include other dimensions that are not typical of, of universities. What makes this different from other EU higher education funding policies? The discussion we're having is, should we focus on the university of the future or the future of university? Is it universities trying to think themselves their own future or should they prepare their students and the citizens for the future? which is somewhat different uh, perspective. Those questions are, are very open. And, and I like the fact that, you know, we are invited to, to open those questions. Uh, what I do know is that the applicants, even those that didn't get the money, say that they were so pleased that it was such a call. The interesting part is that they are willing to, to, to experiment uh, with different models. Uh, and that's, I think, the most uh, promising uh, because... You know, in a fast-changing world, if you don't evolve, you're going to be obsolete before you know it. However, the EU call is all about buzzwords like internationalization and innovation. How can that ever lead to pedagogic experimentation or student participation? There's going to be several rounds for this call. And the first round was organized rather quickly as an attempt to see what will come back. They were pleased to see that there were many universities interested in going for these things, of course, universities by default would like to be better funded and by default would be happy to be higher on the Shanghai ranking. But the real question is what universities are for. There is very little incentive to discuss these issues 
And so, you know, Shanghai ranking is very unimodal way of looking at the world. It's like if you were, you know, taking every human and ranking them only based on their ability to run 100 meters, but not on the thousands of other dimensions of human life. So, of course, by default, you know, some people say, okay, let's do what the Americans are doing. You know, we want to compete with the Americans, we want to compete with the Singapore. Does Europe want to look like uh, America or Asia, or does it want to invent its own model? And I mm-hmm. think that there's ever more people that are willing to engage in that conversation, certainly the students. Was this the idea at the Sorbonne in 2017, when the French president, Emmanuel Macron, first proposed to build university networks? I don't have first-hand uh, information. Uh, the only thing I know is that he's someone that believes deeply in Europe and that believes deeply in education. He didn't have a, a very precise agenda. He's uh, willing to prepare Europe for the future, and he believes that universities are a place where this discussion can be happening. But clearly, Erasmus, for instance, is one of the big successes of Europe. But you know, how do you go beyond the sort of uh, academic tourism? And I think that he was clever enough not to overprescribe, feeling that, you know, there was an interesting potential there. If he had overprescribed it, he would have forbidden many possible dimensions of evolution. Whereas by inviting, and I think that's what the EU uh, Commission tried to do, uh, by inviting uh, universities to look for their own paths, the conversation became much more interesting. One of the dimensions that I remember discussing with the commission is, you know, more and more people are dissatisfied with Europe and dissatisfied with elites. And so if you are just investing into a European university in an elitistic perspective, you are going to dissatisfy many people. So the only way there could be a global benefit is if those experiments are well-documented, put in an open source mode, and where other universities and, you know, the rest of society are invited to take advantage of these experimentations. And so the EU uh, commission money is not so much, but if it's combined with, you know, national level, then we can hope that there will be an impact that is a systemic impact. The first 17 university networks have been chosen in July 2019. The second call will be published in October. Are there new developments? What is the kind of project that has the chance to be successful in the future? I didn't have time to go to their last meeting, but one of my colleagues, uh, Gael Mangi, uh, went there and he was very pleased with the discussion that were happening there. Uh, what was discussed then is the need to, rather than ask people to do the impossible, which is uh, make sure you become good on 100 dimensions at once, was to say, you know, pick one or two dimensions that you really think that your consortia can make a difference and can make a real experiment and can prototype something that will be truly useful. Then make sure that whatever you've prototyped is available to everyone else by documenting it and making it in a sort of an open source way. So this way, you know, there might be a hundred different uh, ways of approaching the question, but all of them would be available. And rather than enforcing one model only, we would offer, you know, tens of experiments to every university that will be willing to take the challenge because it's closer to their specificities and, and local environment. So let's see the new ideas that university networks will come up with in the next years. Thank you, Monsieur Tadei, for talking with us today. This is Tino Brömme, and we will return soon with more insights in our ESNA Higher Education and Science Policy Podcast from Berlin.